Have you struggled with weight loss, pain management? Maybe you just lack in energy? I struggled with all these things. And then I got introduced to Truvy, an official sponsor of In Off The Bench. If you download the Truvy app, T-R-U-V-Y, and use the official In Off The Bench code, Easy Money, you can save money and get hooked up today and get your life turned around. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like pop. I shoot a shot. Coming in. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined as always by my co hosts, my partners in crime, my brothers from other mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers, Mike Hughes, and guys, tonight's episode eight titled Pocket Aces because we're bringing on some of the hottest on fire guys on the hottest on fire team in the country right now. From University of Tennessee, baseball stars, Wade Tidwell, and Seth Halverson. Jim, before they get to us, man, talk to me a little bit about this weekend. I know college baseball is in the mix for you, going out, seeing some guys play, but also tracking a lot of our guys and a lot of our guests. I mean, talk about it. Tim Elko, Jacob Gonzalez, you know, Evan Russell, Jalen Battles, Cameron James, Logan Tanner, it doesn't matter what time. You them all. They were all hitting bombs. If you look at the pitchers, they were all hitting men. Dylan Kay. I mean, Dylan Cruz, I forgot, Devin Plano. I mean, I could just go on for days, Dan. I'm so proud of the guests that we've had on here and how well they did this past weekend. And so it's only fitting that we got two more ballers coming on tonight. Absolutely. Not only tonight, but, I mean, our lineup is stacked from, from here until Omaha, man. So I'm excited. I don't want to waste any time, man. Let's jump into it. Let's talk some University of Tennessee baseball with our studs, Blake Tidwell and Seth Halverson. What is going on, everybody? This is Mike Hughes. You have Jim Cross to my left. Maybe it's to your right. I don't remember how it all works if you're watching the Zoom version of this. And we got Randy Jowers to my left and or right. We are sitting here today with, obviously, you already clicked the episode. You already know what's going down. We are with Seth and Blade, Tennessee Killers for the Volunteers. So happy to have you guys on today. Um, Before we get into the questions and and just talking about your life stories and all that stuff, you know, we, we need to hit the elephant in the room because right now you are outscoring your opponents in the first seven games, 117 to seven. And Seth, you being a Chicago native, just like myself, you know, we're born with that killer mentality, I guess you could say, for a lack of better words. So what prison institute do you guys think you belong in after what you guys have been doing to pitchers this week and why? But in all seriousness, you know, how does it feel to know what you guys have been doing so far this week and, and kind of the message that, that has been sent across college baseball? Yeah, man. I mean, like like you said, we've been, I mean, it's been no mercy. That That's kind of been the motto a little bit. And it's like, we're going to play our game. We're not going to let, we're not going to let anybody stay in the ball game. It uh, doesn't really matter what the score is. Uh, we're, we're deep. I mean, we have, we have a freshman like Blake Burke coming off the bench, hitting a backside bomb when it's a 21 to zero ball game. It's, and then we have Drew Beam, or we have two freshmen. We have a Chase Burns starting Friday night. Uh and then Drew Beam starting Sundays. It's just, I mean, we're deep. And then obviously Blade, Blade was uh, was going to be the Friday guy, but uh, so we're just working our way back. We're we're deep. We're gonna be real good. We definitely have that that killer mindset as as a whole team as well. For sure. Blade, man, they ain't brought assault charges up on y'all yet. Uh, not yet. I think I think they're writing some up. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, it's funny the uh, the whole nation still just like last year is not really putting the respect on y'all, and I'm gonna let Randy get into that here in a little bit. But they did this to y'all last year. They still didn't want to give Tennessee credit. Y'all come out the gates hot, and so uh, eventually they're gonna respect y'all like they did last year because y'all are just as legit. And as uh, you know, y'all's former uh, teammate Pavloni told me he expected y'all to be back in Omaha undoubtedly, and he expects a championship from you guys. But, Blade, let's take it back to the beginning, man. Where are you from? I'm from Loretto, Tennessee. 
And I assume that's probably a small town in Tennessee, huh? Oh, yeah. It's on the state line in Lawrence County. Uh, Etheridge is close to, to it. It's the Amish. It's the Amish country. Ah, okay, okay. You had electricity, though, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> I mess with you. All right, so family dynamics growing up, man. What You have a big family, small family. What are we looking at? I would say a medium-sized family. Uh, mom and dad have been married for 23 years, I think, and I have an older sister, Destiny. And uh, all my grandparents are living, knock on wood. So your sister, what's the, what's the age gap between y'all? Uh, 23, and I'm 20, so two and a half years. Uh, so y'all probably fought a lot growing up, but best friends now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I know exactly what it's like. I got an older sister myself. So growing up, you know, a lot of athletes didn't just play one sport. Was it was it always baseball for you or when you were a young kid, did you play a lot of different sports? I played all three football, basketball and baseball growing up. And then uh, when high school started, I just stuck to basketball and baseball. Ah, So we got a hooper. So you got a jump shot. Uh, a little bit of one. Uh, you didn't. You didn't sound very confident. I don't know. We got to see it now. I mean, I can shoot a little bit. I was more of a slasher. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, Rand, we're gonna send Randy out to East Tennessee since that's his way. We're gonna we're gonna let him do you up. We're gonna see what you got. He's right. old though. He's old though, so you should be all right. Um, but you know, one of the uh, things I've seen for you growing up was you played club ball for East Cobb, man. And even where we're at, um, you know, in Mississippi, big name, big club organization, you know. What was it like playing travel ball for such a for, for such a big organization? I mean, it was awesome. East Cobb was great, and they welcomed me in when I got there. I'd actually only go down pitch and then go home that same day. So, But I, I built a lot of friendships, and uh, Christian Moore on our team right now actually played with me. Uh, yeah, but I started playing, like, far away when I was nine. Uh, we had a local travel team called Venom, and uh, – I had a good game against a team called Bolton Wildcats out of Memphis. And, uh, <laughs> dude, that's where we went to high school, and I'm not even being funny. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, they picked me up actually to go play in a tournament. And I ended up playing with them like 10, 11 you, and it ended up being, I played for Doolin's Dodgers, Memphis Tigers, all with the same kids. Dude, this is all just coming way too close. First of all, you bring up Bolton. That's where me and me and Randy went to school. Doolin's Dodgers, uh, Ed Easley was one of our big guests. He started there before he started EBC. So, wow, man, I didn't realize uh, any of that. That's that's good information that you can't find on the Internet. I love that. Um, so, you know, you talk about the experience, you get to travel young, but, you know, you get to high school. Where'd you go to high school at? Loretto High School. And uh, according to this, it says, uh, you know, won the uh, – Three straight tournament appearances, including winning the state title in 2017. It says you were a star two-way player that batted 557 with 35 runs, 30 extra base hits, six home runs, and 15 steals with an 8-0 record um, and 107 strikeouts your junior year. Um, you even got your velo clocked as high as 97 in high school. Um, I mean, I see all these accolades. Uh, just how much fun was it playing ball in school and winning that state title and, and you know, just making all those achievements? It was awesome. Loretta's a really close-knit sport community, uh, big on sports, probably bigger than school even. And uh, it was just awesome. Our crowd was really into it. We had the, the gym called The Barn, and uh, we'd always fit five or 600 more than we were supposed to in there for big games. And uh, a lot of people would show up for baseball games. Uh, Ryan Weathers and David Weathers. David was the coach, played in the MLB for 18 years, and his son Ryan's pitching on the Padres right now. So that was a lot of – Man, you're making me feel better about where I live in Mississippi. Y'all are playing in places called the barn. I love it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, man, that's awesome that you were part of a successful program and, uh, man, doing big things. You know, I'm going to read off some more accolades. Now, I'm not going to do them all. I might be here all day. But, you know, 2019 uh, Tennessee Class A Mr. Baseball, uh, TSWA Class A All-State Selection, um, you know, first team selection, All-Mid-State, perfect game, top 500, uh, player ranking number 71, perfect game, number three ranked player Tennessee. I mean, I could do this all day, all day. Um, so with all those accolades, with the success in high school, with playing for East Cobb, at what point 
for a guy like you does do colleges start approaching you? How early? Uh, I actually committed to Tennessee under David Serrano or Dave Serrano, my bad. And uh, that was before I played a game my freshman year of high school. Mm-hmm. Rolled up to, to like a winter camp and uh, he told me to come on a visit after that. And then I was like, I'd like to commit. I mean, the only reason I committed, honestly, was just so I could be the first one around from where I'm from to commit. You know? So, so being then, that you're from that general area, was it always going to be a Tennessee thing for you? Oh no, my my dad, huge Alabama fan, grew up in Alabama, so we always rooted for Alabama. Oof, do you still root for them on the side? Nah. Oh, okay, man, we were gonna have to cut this episode right then and there. We couldn't have we couldn't have that blade. Um, but yeah, man, uh, obviously you made the right choice. You know, you obviously made it years ago, but you come into a program now. Um, you know, with Coach V and, you know, a set organization. So it seems like, uh, you know, you really did a good choice. But that's crazy. You know, we keep hearing from more and more guys, you know, like to make such a big decision. Like, um, you know, what's that conversation like, you know, not with the coaches, but just your parents? Like, you know, like you're you're in eighth grade, not even in ninth grade yet, and you're already signing away what school you're going to go to. Actually, they started talking scholarships <laughs> I didn't even look at my parents. I just said, I'll commit right now. And that's what happened. Without Seth, man, you know, when Jim told me who was coming on the show and I was doing all my research, just making sure I had all my facts straight. And I seen, I seen in the corner of my eye, born in Chicago, Illinois. Now, I, I, I tried to do as much research as I could, but obviously Google only helps you so far. Can you take me through what it was like growing up? Were you always in Chicago this whole time? Seth? Where have you been, bro? I've had a lot of crappy teams throughout the years, man. I, I needed some Seth in my life. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I was born in Chicago, but I didn't live there long. Right. Uh, Dad grew up there his whole life. And so we go back all the time. And so there, I definitely have Chicago in me. I'm a Chicago sports fan, uh, everything. <laughs> but I moved around quite a bit. Uh, I've lived in like seven different states uh, just because my dad's job. Uh, so uh pe- people in uh in the baseball world kind of know me from minnesota mm. uh i went to high school that's right uh played uh summer ball and, and stuff like that so yeah you know, you're you're keeping up north relatively speaking you know for the majority of the time you know i understand what it's like to be a baseball player and eight months out of the year the ground is freezing you if you hit the ball you break your hand it's 10 feet of snow so other than baseball was there was there anything like blade you know basketball football lacrosse whatever it may be what were you into growing up yeah well real quick before i say that i remember there was one game my senior year we uh we we were trying to play a game uh i think it was the first game of the season and we uh we all went out there on shovels with shovels uh, (laughs) shovels. and then it dried off for the next day and uh, but yeah yeah, no, it's fun. <laughs> but I played uh, basketball, football, and baseball growing up. Uh, played football up through my sophomore year of high school, and then I played basketball through uh, through my whole high school career. For sure, uh, for sure. And, uh, you know, I, I wasn't going to ask. I wasn't going to ask. But, you know, you kind of set yourself up, so I'm going to put you on the spot. You said you root for all Chicago teams. Uh, Chicago Cubs. Correct. All right. I'm Seth, you're allowed on here anytime you want. Yeah, I was wondering if he's going to give the wrong answer there. We're going to have to shut – you know, we already had Bama come out, and I thought we were going to have the White Sox come out on you, Mike. Seth, Absolutely. Seth, you don't understand how much I struggle on this podcast all the time. I am being surrounded by Cardinals fans all day long. So, I, I can't I can't get caught slipping. You know, I always got to be on my game or they'll cut me loose. It's, it's hard being a Cubs fan out here. But, you know, you, you talk about your family. You talk about your dad growing up in Chicago. You know, for siblings, did you have any siblings that you grew up with? And, and what was that like with your family dynamic? Yeah. Yeah. So my, my parents played uh, – played uh, my, my dad played baseball at Illinois State. My mom played volleyball at Illinois State. Uh, and then they, they were married real young. And then I have an older sister, played volleyball at Northwestern. My older brother went to school in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Then my youngest sister is out studying abroad in Germany right now. Wow! So there's four of us, four That's of us awesome. kids. That's awesome, without a doubt. And in Germany, I mean, it's 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 got to be the coolest feeling to be able to. Michael, I want to know who's the best uh, athlete now that I know all of these athletes in the family. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
which which siblings got it going on or is you know mom and dad the most athletic who's the most athletic in the family Seth? yeah i'll give it to my older sister she was uh she was like five seven five eight maybe but she was uh she played right side and she could jump out of the gym wow Wow, and you know, you talk about being athletic, and, and I hate being that stat guy, but I'm gonna have to throw some numbers at you real quick, Seth, because your high school senior year, man. I mean, you tore it up. You were a two-way star in 2018 senior campaign, hitting 405, 37 runs scored, 10 doubles, 21 RBIs, and 29 stolen bases. And that's just offensively. You know, we I'm, I'm looking at the stats. I thought it was gonna end there. You know, you, you go seven and one with a 0.94 ERA, 117 Ks, something I couldn't even dream of when I was 18 years old. Nonetheless, fathom what that feeling could have been like, you know, and, and that doesn't even top it off. And this is where I'll end it with the stats with you. I, I, it has to be known for all of our listeners out there. Um, you put an incredible cap to your high school career, hitting two home runs and tossing a shutout 16 K two hits in Heritage Christian Academy. You won eight and zero win in Minnesota class 1A state championship. Can you walk me through that season and that final game? It, it, it had to be now for me personally, I've been a part of a couple of championship teams. There's a lot of anxiety that comes with that. And there's a lot of clout that comes with that. So can you kind of take me through, you know, what that feeling was and, and what led to you wanting to play college ball? Yeah. Yeah. So that season, Trey Lipscomb just walked in by the way. <laughs> That's it. That's why I turn around. But uh, player of the week, man. Yeah, really. Yeah. Man, yeah. Don't don't announce that. We might have to decide yeah. for a second. I'm just kidding. <laughs> five for uh, five cycle hitting that guy. Oh, yeah. He, he could have had it two days in a row. Uh, but yeah, go, going into that senior year uh, for baseball. Uh, well, we had just made it to uh, to uh, um, state for basketball for the first time in school history. And then a lot of the guys played baseball as well. It was a small school. I graduated with like 29, 29 kids in my class. And then, uh, uh, yeah, that going going into that senior year, we knew we had a good team. Uh, we wanted to go state. We hadn't gone to state in baseball uh, ever either. Um, and then once we got to the state champion or state tournament, we went three, two, one as far as pitching, with and everybody else went one, two, three uh, as far as like the first game and so it was kind of risky so we had our, our catcher our main catcher was throwing the first game and we snuck that one in um the second game oh the, yeah we, we snuck the second one too uh on a crazy play uh, that we should have lost for the second baseman just missed a routine pop block and then going into uh going into that state championship was fun because i had just gotten drafted by the twins um, and so, and we we're playing on target field, uh, where the twins play. And so that, that was fun. And then, yeah, we, we had like a four hour delay before the game for rain. And then, uh, yeah, we, we played a good game. And then, uh, but as far as college goes, uh, I had like, I mean, I had thoughts about it when I was young and like, it'd be sweet to play college or, or mostly I was like, I want to play pro. And then, uh, but I, I, I never really like, uh, like actually had any idea that I was going to go play college baseball. Right. And I got randomly invited to a showcase my sophomore summer of high school. And then, uh, yeah, play, played in a played in a showcase then. And then that's when I committed. But it was like right before my, right before my junior year of high school. Yeah, what made uh, you decide, you know, you talked about getting drafted by the Twins and, you know, you're talking about being a target field. What made you decide to choose uh, Missouri over going in the draft? Yeah, coming out of high school, I was I was real set. I didn't want to give up my bat. I was uh, a pretty stubborn dude coming out of high school. And most most people just wanted me to pitch. Um, and I was like, nah, I'm not ready for that yet. And so – most pro teams, the twins, I mean, some people said that they let me hit, but it, it, it was mostly like they just wanted me to pitch, which that's all I do now anyways. <laughs> but <laughs> coming out of high school, I, I, I wanted to two-way. I mean, and, when you hit two bombs in the state championship, you by all means, I would like to keep hitting two. Right? Yeah. No, I don't, by the way, I only had three that year, and I had two in that last game. Hey. Hit them when they matter. Start. Yeah, it's not how you start. It's how you finish, bro. Exactly. 
but yeah, uh, I wanted the two way. That's why I went to Missouri, uh, the SEC, most competitive conference. Um, yeah. Yeah. Blade, I'm going to jump in with you real quick. Okay. So we talked about, you know, where you kind of grew up, what you did in high school, but let's talk about when you, you commit to Tennessee early, but when you finally get there, you get on the hill in Knoxville, was it, was it nerves? Were you excited? Talk us through what it was like coming on campus for that first time. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, the atmosphere here is crazy. He's been building the program from the ground up. And that first day is a real shell shock here because uh, our old strength coach, Quentin Eberhardt, uh, he's a rough dude. First day as a freshman, uh, had us planking for like 20 minutes. It's just ridiculous stuff. And a lot of people like quit on that first day. So once you get through that, uh, then it's easy and it's the game. Yeah, absolutely. So, we, you know, we've had a lot of your former teammates on, guys like Cheese, Pavs, you know, Liam, Evan, Seth, Gil. We, we've had a lot of these guys on, right? So talk about what it was like to have those kind of guys already in place. You mentioned that you committed under Serrano, obviously, but you kind of get in. I mean, was it culture shot? Was there ever a doubt? Before that, before you answered that question, was there ever a doubt once Tony V came in that maybe you were going to look elsewhere or was it still going to always be Tennessee? There was – about a month, month and a half period where uh, I wasn't sure if I was still even committed to Tennessee. And then uh, V called me and then we kept in touch and I kept progressing. And then uh, Tennessee kept progressing more wins each and every year. And I was like, I want to go there and uh, try to build something. Yeah, absolutely. So I mentioned the guys that, you know, your former teammates and some of them are some of them are still your current teammates. But those guys all kind of talked about the culture shift and what Tony V was building. And, you know, Tennessee had had some minor success, but, you know, you can tell just by watching you guys, you know, last year and this year, even the year before, that it was changing. Everything was different. So just talk about what that culture was like. Obviously, you you being a part of that, right? You talked about it with Cheese and those guys and what it was like to build this. You guys are going to have the chance to say that you put Tennessee back on the map. And what does that mean to a guy like you? It means a lot. I'm an in-state kid. My whole family was on my mom's side just country Tennessee fans watch Tennessee everything uh always wearing orange and it, it means a lot uh, people text me from my hometown that are Tennessee fans it, it's crazy and the environment that B's built is just phenomenal uh he gets his players I mean we want to play we're chomping at the bit every single game and we're not going to take anything off and I think I think that speaks a lot to V and the rest of the coaches they're building a winning culture you know, I've asked a lot of the guys that have been here before and just from watching him and his interviews when he first got there and watching you guys through your success last year, man, it just looks like fun. Tony V looks like the kind of guy that I would love to play for, run through a brick wall. I mean, one of the walk-off wins, he runs and jumps into the net, into the student section. I mean, how fun is it playing for a guy like that? It's, an, it's insanely fun. Uh, when he did that, I mean, we, we went crazy. He actually wrestled the chair after we won the Super <laughs> I don't know about that, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's so fun playing for him. I can't like game days now are awesome, but like whenever it gets SEC, he wants to win and he wants to win bad. And uh, he's going to let you know before the game. I remember uh, SEC championship with that flyover. He came through and he punched every player in the chest and uh, it got us all fired up. Listen, man, the guy is, uh, you know, and I kind of liken it to uh, it's been a while, but when Bruce Pearl first came to Tennessee, he had to kind of build back that basketball program, right? And he did it in ways that just captured the fan base, captured the students. Tony V's kind of doing that. Speaking of basketball, we see him courtside against uh, Bruce Pearl and the boys the other night. I mean, he's like a like a pop culture icon in Knoxville right now. It's bigger than just baseball. I've seen him at football games. He's got the locks flowing. I mean, is he hey, like you a rock remember, star? You remember they tried to lie and come on here. Pavs and them tried to say they never talked about his looks or his swag. Yeah. That's a lie. Yeah. I said the guy had swag, and they're like, I don't know. I never looked at him like that. You ain't got a lot of kick it, man. The dude has got it going on, right? Oh, yeah. He definitely has some swag. Swag. Well, I'm going to get into you a little bit. Enough of Tony V, man. So you come in as a freshman. Obviously, you had some great accolades coming in. And good enough where Tony V and the guys still wanted you to be a part of this. So you come in, we're talking six shutout innings, your first collegiate win against Georgia State, career seven strikeouts. What was that first game like? Was it, was you have a lot of nerves coming into that? I mean, what was, you know, we're talking about all the accolades you had, but that first game is against Georgia Southern. Talk us through those nerves. Uh, so I'm a high energy, 
I don't talk when I'm pitching, but I, I have high energy. I'm tightly wound. Uh, and that's, that's what I thrive in. And before my first game, I, f- I figured that I would get too, too wound up. So I kind of overplayed the calmness and, uh, that, that didn't play to my strengths. And I realized that after that, but I was too calm my first game. I understand. Yeah. I was going to say the first thing I noticed about you coming in as a freshman is that you look like cool as a cucumber out there. It was something that stood out to me, but you know, moving on a little bit, you get named freshman of the week after a dominant performance against Georgia. One run on four hits, striking out six, career high, seven, 7.1 innings, the rubber game in Athens. Is that about the time of the season you felt like you were really finding your groove, rhythm? What was that like for you? Uh, I would say I was progressing each week up to that point. And, uh, and we had the game one on Saturday. I mean, we're, we're up 1-0 on Friday, had the game one on Saturday, and we kind of we lost it, and I was that kind of pissed me off a little bit, honestly, and uh, kind of got me fired up to play that Sunday game. And I knew that uh, I had the ball, and uh, that whether I pitched good or not would would matter in the first uh, opening SEC weekend. No, absolutely. So one of the games that the, one of the ones I remember vividly was that the series uh, against Arkansas, right? Everybody's talking about them and Kevin Cobbs and you know Omaha bound and all that. Arkansas came in with a lot of. Uh, a lot of hype, right? Uh, but you came in there, cool, right? Career high, eight strikeouts, two hits, seven innings, top-ranked Arkansas. How hard was that team to pitch against, or was it just another game? I would say I have the same mentality for each game. Uh, obviously, I approach each team a little differently, but there's definitely some some rough feelings between us and Arkansas, as you can see. Coaches like got- some rough feelings between them coaches. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, your I mean, fan base followed you. Randy had some real rough feelings against Arkansas. I sure did, man. I said some things I sh- probably shouldn't have said. I got to be honest, Blake. And then, uh, I mean, two teams, I mean, we want to win, and we're trying to knock off the top dog, and the top dog's trying to stay on top. And uh, they happened to get us that weekend, but the, the whole series was decided by one run. So, I mean. Yeah, that's entertaining, right? And that 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 was a series of the year, right? I don't think they lost a series until – well, until it mattered. That's Arkansas for you. But <laughs> so you get your, your ninth win of the year after not allowing an earn run over 5.2 innings pitching in the, uh, the regional over Liberty. But really what I want to talk about it, all year long, but specifically in the regionals, what was the atmosphere like in Lindsey Nelson? It was insane. Uh, I mean, they fit as many people as they possibly could. And uh, when we were practicing, uh, during the week, you could see them putting in new bleachers and stuff, just throwing everything together that they could, you know. And then you go outside the stadium, and there's five, six thousand people watching on a projector on the street outside, and you can hear them from the dugout. They had a watch party out there, man. I saw it. It was uh, the old Tennessee wide receiver had organized it on the radio show. They had a, it was huge. There was more people outside than inside, I think. Mm-hmm. But you there know, was. there's been a a lot, a lot of talk about that, uh, you know, last year was at Tony V. One of his things he wanted was, you know, upgrades to the stadium and all that. I mean, I guess it really doesn't matter to you guys, but, I mean, you'd like to see that thing bigger, right? Oh, yeah. I think uh, that, and it helps recruiting when you have, like, a better stadium and stuff. And uh, it's hard to win recruiting with these SEC schools with the top-line equipment. I think all V wanted was, was for that to help them out there. Yeah. But it's definitely nice. The more people, the better. Uh, they actually put in an upper deck of our porch and then added some more bleachers along the left field line. So there's definitely going to be more there this year. You know, Randy, I never think about that because, you know, I wasn't recruited to college for anything, but being that, you know, just within a three week span, I was in the box, uh, I was in Swayze and then I was at the dude, when you walk into the three and you, you know, and you see the differences that that would play a part, especially knowing that I'm going to be, you know, pitching in that, that stadium. No, absolutely. I think that you're, you know, Blade hit on it, right? You're up against some of the best baseball facilities in the world. One of the things we talk about a lot, Blade, something you'll get a taste of very soon, I'm sure, is that when you go from the SEC playing in these and then in the minor leagues, it's like culture shock, right? You're playing in overgrown goat fields sometimes, man, riding the bus. So enjoy that SEC while you got it. I will. Absolutely. So moving in, you get your 10th win in the Super Regional, the clinching win over LSU. But before I talk about the game in specific, man, obviously, you know, uh, a legend in Maneri coaching for LSU. But you guys couldn't watch it on TV, but you probably saw it later. Y'all had that man crying as y'all were like blowing him out, man. What'd that feel like afterwards? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, they, were, they were giving 
a hard time. You know, you announced his retirement, and I, I thought myself that we would maybe clap a smidge. You know, his left <laughs> No, they weren't going for it. I mean, no, man, not after the things he said about the the Tennessee fans in that first series. Oh yeah, I th- I mean I I, I love it. Uh, I don't care if anyone likes us besides us. Hey, hey, Randy, I know I know my boy Devin won't be listening to a Tennessee episode. So like I said, that man lied. He came on here and said, oh, I got no ill will against Tennessee. But you can see him gritting teeth as he was talking. Blade, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. I need you to I need you to be honest with me, man, because I asked some of your teammates this question. Was there any talking ish from you guys in LSU or was it just straight cash? Uh, I'd say not too much, but a little, you know. It's needed. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So with that 10th win, you move into a tie for the second most victories as a freshman in program history. But I guess what I – obviously you talked about him not clapping, but the, the obviously Lindsey Nelson electric all year. Was there a little extra juice for that Super Regional? Oh, yeah. There, there was some extra juice there. I mean, people were throwing beers everywhere. It was, it was crazy, and it was awesome to be a part of. I mean, like I said, after that, V ran in the stands again and then wrestled a chair in the uh, locker room and uh, <laughs> WWE style. <laughs> Absolutely. So last question for you, man. Obviously, the season uh, doesn't end how you want it to, right? Get to Omaha. But overall, you know, you being a freshman, having the 10 wins, just talk about your overall experience, the team growing, and what you felt personally coming out of the season. Uh, I felt good about how I performed, but thought I could do better. And uh, I think everyone felt that way, and I think – we really worked on that this offseason, and I think I think we're hungry to get back there, and, and we're better than just getting there. Yeah, no doubt. So, Seth, let's uh, transition back to you, man. You know, no different than Blade. You know, you get to Missouri. Uh, what are the emotions like, man? You get to college, you get to Canvas. Uh, were you nervous? Were you excited? Uh, yeah. I mean, I was. Uh, I was definitely expecting to have a, a pretty pretty good role going into my freshman year. Um, uh, and that I don't think I realized how big the transition was going to be as far as the competition level. Uh, and then right away, getting into my freshman year, I, I had Tommy John. So that, that kind of kind of screwed up my, my first season. Yeah, and I, and I was going to ask how you medical redshirt because it actually doesn't specifically say in the profile what, uh, what the injury was. But now I know, and obviously uh, – that explains a lot. Obviously, the the recovery process from Tommy John is uh is not a short stint by by any means. But uh, you obviously you know rehabilitated from that. But then you run into another thing, right? Your next season, you get on the field, you get ten games uh, in center field, and COVID comes, right? So you got Tommy John towards the season, and you get COVID coming up. So you know, um, at that point, you know, what are you doing to stay mentally sharp, focused, and realize, you know, um. Baseball will be ahead. You know, you've, you've had multiple setbacks. How do you stay focused? Yeah, I mean, it's really just being like one foot in front of the other. Um, I mean, have goals uh, for the next season, but you have to do things now uh, in order to prepare for that. And then I think, you just, yeah, just really, really staying under your own feet is really how you can stay focused and not looking too far um, uh, in the future for me. Did you did you know in those ten games because you know you talked about you wanted to be able to still bat, um, man you and you were doing it successfully too, man. Did you know that was when it's going to be in, the, the the end of it for you. You no longer can get to swing that bat, but become a pitcher only. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I actually went in as a shortstop, and and then right away they're like, nope, you're not <laughs> get to the outfield. And so yeah, I played played a few games out there, and then actually this last year, um, I started the first series I was playing the outfield. Um, and then I started a game as well, pitching, and then it, it hurt real bad. So I went in there and, and said, yeah, I was just going to go, just going to pitch the rest of the year. And he was, he was cool with that. Yeah. So it says you were the, the Friday night starter for the majority of the year uh, around what part of the season did that take place? I mean, was that real early? It was the, the second week in SEC play. After I, I pitched against Texas A&M, I uh, gotcha. And that and that and that was the game that I was the notice because you know you had a, a four and three record and fourteen starts. 
um, had 70 strikeouts, but the most notable performance was the career high 10 strikeouts in seven innings to earn the win against Texas A&M. So, you know, what was that feeling like, man? Um, obviously, that's an amazing stat line against an SEC opponent that was that was a really good team. So, you know, what was it like getting that performance done? Yeah, it was it was cool to have just just to know that I can do it. Uh, I mean, I, I knew that I could, but then actually going out and doing it is different. Um, I think it, it slowed me down um, for the future, just to be able to just be able to know that I can compete against some of the best competition in the country. In a game like that, um, you know, because I feel like it would stick out in your mind. Do you remember what pitch, you know, uh, was everything in the arsenal working or was there a certain pitch that was just money that day? My curveball was pretty solid that day. I feel you, I feel you. All right, well, one of the things I also wanted to, to point out, man, uh, we like to highlight not that just you are just uh, athletes, but academic too, man. You were uh, on the SEC academic honor roll 2020 uh, 20 and 2021. So, um, you know, shout out to you for that, for obviously putting in the time to make sure that you're taking care of academics as well, um, especially for a guy who could have went pro, didn't even have to go to college. You went to college and uh, you, even, you even went to class. That's what I'm talking about. So uh, the question becomes then, Seth, for those who don't know, man, how is it that you end up from Missouri to Tennessee? Yeah. Right after the season ended, um, I knew that I either wanted to go pro, um, and then if I was going to get get the right deal with the team, uh, but if not, I wanted a new environment, um, and 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 Coach A was the perfect perfect pitching coach for that. Um, we clicked from the start, so yeah. Right after the season ended, got in the transfer portal. Um, coach V called me a couple days later. Uh, and then it was pretty much every day I would talk to at least one of the coaches. Um, and then I, probably after a week and a half or, or two weeks is when I was finally committed to them. Or maybe it could have been even longer than that. I kind of dragged it out a little bit just to kind of see who I could all talk to and uh, just see what the best fit was. But I, I knew pretty early on, I think it was after the first or second phone call, I talked to my dad and, and I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to go to Tennessee. Was uh was pitching with Blade a selling point for Coach V? But look, man, we got this dude Blade. You can come pitch alongside him, be be, be a part of the rotation. We we even got guys who were like Ben Joyce were throwing 103 miles per hour. Come be a part of be a part of this pitching staff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We we're deep, which is fun fun to be a part of. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, my last question uh, for you is, you know, what was the reception like? Because uh, you know, you were in the SEC as a, as a conference opponent. And then, you know, you go join a team that's in conference, you know, the, does, is the reception really nice? You know, everybody welcoming you in with open arms or is it a little, is it a little tense uh, in the transition because you did come from an opposing team? Uh, Blade definitely helped me help me out with that. We're both pretty competitive dudes. Um, and we, so we get, he, he kind of helped me, uh, feel like part of the team because we just get chipped with each other honestly <laughs> and then just kind of felt like we were family from there we understand so. that on this show <laughs> i want to know this they, they were both hoopers i mean the two of y'all shoot around at all that's where it gets that's what y'all need to do is go just uh play a little one-on-one and uh work it out that way i would i would definitely dunk on him oh ah, hold up hold up so so last year you know when cheese was on he said he had he said he was wet man i, I we didn't believe he said him, he had man. a strap for sure he said he had a strap and his brother said it wasn't true when he had him on so <laughs> yeah yeah chad chad's brother came on here and said he sat on the end of the bench in middle school <laughs> that and that was a fact and he said that was before hey, his game had developed <laughs> but cheese's answer was perfect he said i wasn't comfortable with myself then <laughs> but I, so, I know this seth just said he would dunk all over blade that's all i know Blade, we got to give you a rebuttal, man. You getting dunked on? Are you getting body, bro? There's no shot, you know. We lining this up, but not during the season, though. <laughs> we, need, we need both y'all healthy. But, Blade, we while cannot, I – We cannot be responsible for anything that happens during the season. Hey, Tony V ain't wrestling me like he did that chair. <laughs> so, Blade, yeah. but before – Yeah. Before we get into this season, obviously, you know, sideline for a little bit. But I want to go back. Uh, you and your teammate Drew Gilbert get selected, uh, two of 45 players, I think, to play for Team USA. So first, what was that honor like? And second, what was that experience like? It was an awesome honor. And uh, I'd, I'd tried out early 
in when I was 14 maybe and didn't make it and uh, I was kind of upset about it but whenever I got did I was like sweet let's go and uh, me and Gilbert had a blast down there uh, you would think that some of the players you know it's been the best players would kind of be a little douchey and nobody was douchey and we all clicked pretty good so I made a lot of friends so I got to ask you since you, we brought up Drew Gilbert at the when before we had him on our show everybody on the Tennessee team they called him I think it was psycho or insane. Is he as crazy as – because he was on the show and he really seemed cool, calm, and collected. But he even said himself, you get him in between those two lines, it's a different animal. Is that true? Oh, yeah. He's definitely a different animal between the two lines. He's, he's super cool off the field. But uh, if you're not on his team when you're playing, then, then you like him. You know, y'all said something uh, um, before about you didn't care if anybody liked you outside of the people in your locker room. Uh, Drew Gilbert personifies that man because he got a lot of that social media hate for the bat flipping and having fun and, and I welcomed it as a Tennessee fan obviously I'm not in the locker room but I love it and I want all the bat flips and I, if you hit a bomb like that dude was hitting to walk it off in a regional flip that bat my guy <laughs> yeah I think I think if you hang a hang a 72 mile an hour curveball right down the middle I think it's okay for the batter to, to flip the bat so you guys are pitchers, right? So you you said that it was cool, but Seth, I got to ask you too. You guys bat flipping in a moment like that, and I'm not talking about in the fifth inning of a blowout. In a moment like that, are you even paying attention to what the dude does, or are you just pissed off at yourself? Uh, I would definitely notice, and then I don't know, might throw behind the next guy. <laughs> well, you ain't throwing behind him if you're walking it off for the season. Seth, Seth, Seth can I ask you really quick, Randy? I don't mean to interject, but you know. I batted second in a lineup of a guy who had over 50 home runs in high school. And this kid pimped out everything. So I always was that second guy that got hit. Second, yeah. why, what did, what does the second guy do to you though? Like why, why? You're wearing that uniform. Yeah. You're on the same team. got to take out. I mean, I'm not going to hit him cause I'm going to give you a free base, but I might scare you a little bit, oh, but I just don't think we deserve it, Seth. I just, it, was, I it had nothing to do with me. You're on his team. You're on his team. That's he's actually he's actually being nice to you, Mike. Most pitchers we have on here don't say they're gonna pitch behind you. They tell us they're gonna hit you, bro. So you better you better be glad that Seth would pitch uh, behind you. And you know that's true. Our regular uh one of our co-hosts, uh, DB, he's a pitcher and he would straight up tell you, I'm ear hole in the next dude I see. I didn't hear an answer from Blade. Blade, uh, you you putting it behind him or you putting it on him? Uh I'm letting him flip the bat and then I'm gonna go for triple punchy after that. Uh, I don't want their quad percentage going up, and I, I want to win. <laughs> no, absolutely. So, Blade, back to the, the Team USA experience. You mentioned it, you know, all the guys being cool and everything, and, and that's all well and good. But all the, a lot of those guys, uh, like you, lofty expectations. So, coming into the year, you know, for you, a preseason All-American, I mean, we're talking about 2022 NCBWA preseason All-American, Baseball America preseason All-American, Collegiate Baseball newspaper all-american perfect game preseason all-american second team i mean do you feel obviously you feel honored but does that add any pressure to your game or are you just keep taking it all in stride i don't i don't really see this pressure uh when i go out there i mean it's kind of a, a get away from everything else so I, I love playing the game and and i love facing batters and playing with this team and uh winning and i hate losing and that's really all there is. I mean, I don't look at all the accolades. Uh, I don't even think about that on a daily basis or anything like that. So I really – I didn't even repost it when I got it. So That's a I boss really... move. I'm going to tell you, if I won, like, salesman of the month, I repost it every time. I mean, that's just who I'm just, I want it all. I want all the accolades. But, you know, you hit on something, and not to get dark for a second, you, how you want to play and you love the game. How hard is it for you right now? You know, obviously your sideline to start the season. How hard has that been for you? Oh, it's been it's been pretty cool, you know. <laughs> it's nice watching, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm doing okay because uh, it kind of gives me a little chip coming in. Uh, whoever I face first, you know, I'm gonna have a little, a little something extra in the tank. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, you know, it's it's probably easier to watch since the guys have started out seven and zero. I'm just absolutely demolishing opponents. Uh, the expectation for you guys has been mentioned, um, as you said yourself, you, you know, getting to Omaha is not enough. It's time to win one, right? Uh, obviously, a big test coming up this weekend in the Shriners Classic. 
Um, you know, you got Texas, obviously, is the number one team in the country. You're no stranger to playing against number one teams. Uh, obviously, just judging by what Tony V said, we're not expecting to see you this weekend, but is there any kind of timeline for you coming back? Uh, I would say relatively soon. I don't have an exact timeline, though. Absolutely. Well, I can't wait to see you back, man. Obviously, the other guys are are holding it down. And if they're – look, if the offense keeps putting up runs, man, you know, we – we can platoon this thing. My man Tony V said we're looking for – what was it he said? We're looking for nine outs instead of nine innings. Oh, yeah. Now, Seth, you know, you joined a team that went to Omaha and expects to be back. What is that like for you to know that there is an expectation going in with this team? And, and how excited are you to be a part of a team that, you know, not a lot of college baseball players can say that they're a part of? You are contending for a championship right now at a very young age. Um, and that's something to flex. That's not, there's no anxiety to that. It's, it's an amazing accomplishment. So for you, what's going through your head right now throughout this first week, you know, just taking this all in. Yeah. Uh, the cool thing is, or the biggest difference I'd say is like people have the mentality that you just want to win, we're in it to win it. And they're going to be pissed if we lose, uh, and, and like, it's not okay to lose. And, uh, yeah, you're just going to, pretty much grind it out, do whatever we got to do to win. Um, th that's been – and just play with a chip on your shoulder as well. That's what I play best with, and that's what this team does. Um, so it's been really fun to be a part of. Right. And, you know, just same thing but with Blade. It was, you know, Shriners Classic is this week. You know, do we expect you to pitch, or when is when is the availability of Seth going to be? Yeah, I'm the same with Blade relatively soon. Uh, but I haven't heard uh, an exact – an exact date or anything like that for sure man yeah y'all are a unique situation we always uh we talk about the in off the bench effect usually guys come on here or, or even female athletes and and like success happens i think like the the second that y'all agreed to do this podcast y'all both got hurt i think y'all the first one that it went reverse on i don't know what happened but uh i'll be in houston uh you know me and my son my son my son's got a shirt that says i'm all about that cheese um, he's going to have that drip on. I got a new Tennessee hat. I ordered a uh, – I'm an LSU fan, guys, but I'm going to be rooting for uh, both of you guys. That's the beauty of neither of y'all playing each other. So I got my orange and then I got my purple. I'm going to be switching up between games. This wouldn't be the first time I did it for uh, – in Omaha because uh, Mississippi State I got a bunch of boys on the team. So I was I was switching gear back and forth, but I look forward to – Not me, fellas. Yeah. I see what's up over here. But this this cat don't be going to the games like he don't get per see he keeps away from the personal attachment to them so he don't get to know them so he ain't got to worry about it. I ain't got uh, time I, for that. I only want to be friends with you guys. <laughs> so I mean, I get to that I is get, probably the greatest in off the bench answer I've ever heard, Randy. Right? No, it ain't because look, Mike, man, I get to know all these cats and I root for them. You can't be mad at me that I root for every character that comes on here because I like them, man. They're good. They're good so, cats. And you and you can't be mad at me. That I'm stuck in Chicago. All right, I'm trying. I'm hey, trying. Let, let me. Hey, before I finish up with these guys, Mike, what team did I tell you to be a fan of when you said you were going to start being a college baseball fan? Listen, fellas, I need I need you guys to know I got mad love for you, but I had no affiliation with the Tennessee Volunteers until about three months ago. Uh, thanks to Jim Cross, he hooked me up. I told him, listen, I love baseball. I played baseball my whole life. Cubs suck right now. Seth knows this for a fact. The Sox are great, and I have to completely ignore it. Jim, I need a baseball team that has great coaching and bombs. And I, I stumbled upon the Tennessee Volunteers, and we've been riding with them ever since. And it, it just so happened in the same time span that I've been a fan, y'all outscored your opponents 117-7. to I'm just saying it might be the Mike Hughes effect. It might not be. But just know – I have my thoughts. I have my thoughts, but that's a different episode. That's a different episode. Oh, I, we went from the end off the bench effect to the Mike Hughes effect. But yeah. anyway. It's real, baby. But anyway, guys, let's get a little uh, lighthearted side with y'all. We're going to play a game called This or That. Um, basically, we'll give you two options to choose from. You pick one or the other. The, the rules are you can't say neither and you can't say both. Uh, we'll go in the order of uh, – we'll go Seth and then Blade for y'all to answer. So, uh I'll be interested in this first one, uh, especially Seth, since you you do like batting. Um, what's more exciting to watch, uh, Ben Joyce hundred and three mile an hour fastball or a Drew Gilbert bat flip? 
I would say Ben Joyce fastball just because it's so rare. And, and I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, bat flip, Drew's bat flips are great, but I, I'd choose Joyce just because, uh, yeah, it's so rare. 103, you just don't see that. No doubt. Blade? Uh, I'm going to go with Joyce's fastball, too. The pitchers are not picking a bat flip, bruh. Well, man, Seth. Hey, Seth liked to bat. He liked to hit bombs in championship games. He might have. He might have said bat flip. You know, I gotta ask the question. I, I personally, dude. Randy made fun of me last year when that when that TikTok video went viral of Drew Drew Goodwin's walk off bat flip. I might have watched and shared that thing one million times. And I'm not <laughs> the Tennessee fan, like you said. Like I like the bat flip. Like count me in. But anyways, uh, Seth, is the glass half full? Or is it half empty? Half full, always. Got to move forward. The man's optimistic. Blade? Half full. All right. I'm going to ask you all about opposing teams. We had a we had a debate last year. It came down to three uniforms on who had the best. Y'all's were in there. So we're going to take that out, and we're going to have y'all choose between the other two finalists that made it. What is a better uniform, the Mississippi State Sunday Blacks or the Ole Miss Sunday Powder Blues, Seth? Oh, man. I got to answer this? Got to. Smoky uh, Grays were, were the, other, the, the other uniform that made it to the finals, but y'all can't pick that one, clearly. I think the black uniforms are pretty cool. I'm going to go with that one. All right, Blade. I'll go uh, Powder Blues. Powder blues got one of each. I, I'm I myself took uh, the powder blues. Uh, Randy took the took the blacks. Um, I don't even miss, you know I went to both Sunday games the last two weeks and Mississippi State wasn't rocking the blacks. I don't know uh, if they wait till SEC or or what the deal is on that. But the Ole Miss has been out in the powder blues, of course. Um, did hey, as a matter of fact, I oh, mean y'all don't seem like guys who are all over social media. Did you happen to see Liberty's uh, video that they made in their in their uniform? Imposters. I did see that. That was pretty cool. Yeah, the video was awesome, but does that not feel like that was directly – it felt like it came right at Ole Miss. From, you know, you know the, the football coach came from Ole Miss and then the colors and then the way the uniforms looked and then the way they kind of just put it out there. I don't know if they were just flexing because they loved them that much or if they were – if they were, that was a personal shot. Uh, I kind of like it. If the idea if that was a personal shot. I think that's pretty cool. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, no doubt. Hugh Freeze took it with him. Yeah, no doubt. Um, So, would you rather be funny or would you rather be smart? Uh, I'd rather be smart. I think if you, yeah, I'd rather be smart. I can respect it. I can respect. I'm a funny guy myself, so. Yeah, you you got to roll with that. Blade, what about you, Blade? Uh, I'm going to go with smart because if you're smart, you're likely to be funny too. That's, a, that's both, correct. You're saying both of them. I thought we couldn't say both. It's a you, smart answer. Blake. No, he didn't say both. He said smart. He was just saying he would be funny because he's smart. He So he smartly answered that question because he didn't say both. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a fun one. Uh, Got to know, Seth, is a hot dog a sandwich? I feel like it's its own entity, kind of. I don't, I don't think it's a – Oh, man. I can't believe Daniel's missing for this episode. You know, that is the point that he tries to make across every time, and he says the same thing. Do you feel the same way about a hamburger, that it's not a sandwich either? It's his own thing? No, a hamburger's a sandwich. Oh, no. See, he feels like those two, they have their own category. Not together. They're just their own thing. They're not a sandwich. So, uh, Blade, before – I'm going to come back to you on that. It says, Blade, is a hot dog a sandwich? No. What about a hamburger? No. Okay. Agreed. So, Seth, let me tell you, Brooks Lee uh, from Cal Poly, he opened my eyes. He said a hot dog's a sandwich because, you know, I could feel his pain on this. He said when you're broke and you buy the buns, they're already apart. And so, therefore, you got two pieces of bread with a piece of meat between it, and therefore, it makes a sandwich no different than a hamburger. I feel feel like my boy's got some, some good, you know, justification there, but... I, I'm, I'm kind of with Daniel. I think they, because you said it's its own entity. I think they both are, but it, it seems like y'all are both pretty clear on where you're at. But a hot dog, 100%, no matter what, ever, ever, ever is a sandwich to you guys. No. I, it's just, 
I mean, yeah, if you break them apart, they're two different things. But I feel like a sandwich, you got to have one on top and one on bottom. No doubt, no doubt. All right, so these are the two questions, man. These are the these are the ones we're really going to test you guys. We're going to find out everything about y'all. All right, Seth, would you rather do five years in jail hmm. or ten years in a coma? Five years in jail. Oh, he said it so quick. Before you explain why, I gotta ask Blade. Blade, what's your answer? Five years in jail. Blade. Damn, dang, y'all, whoa, y'all coming off quick. All right. So to come back to you, said you do realize how hard prison is, my guy. I was gonna say it'll probably toughen me up. I'll be I'll be good when I come out. <laughs> so you don't want the 10 year nap. You want to go ahead and get the five, get it done? Yeah. Get some battle scars. Go ahead. Move on. <laughs> Blade, same thing. Yeah, I, I just feel like five years of suffering, then you're done in a coma, you lose an extra five. You know? Now, let me, Blake, let me ask you. Now, that 10 years of, of napping feels like five seconds from what science has told us. So, I mean, in, it is 10 years, but in reality, five years in prison might feel like five centuries. But five years in prison isn't 10 years off your life. Mm. No, no doubt. I, I tell you, we get different perspectives from all of them. But Randy's boy, Jalil Willis from from Bellator, he came on here and he, he's been to prison and he's also a, a top 10 light. Uh, what, what, what weight class is he, Randy? He's a lightweight. Yeah. <laughs> One, he's 185. Yeah. Top 10 lightweight, badass. And he said, I don't want no more part of prison. Give you know me what he that. said, though? That man said the food's trash. <laughs> I bet but, it is. But you could come out Jack, though. You know, y'all might come out, you know, looking swole. Hit, hit the weights, no doubt. All right. So, Seth, if you had the choice between being the first pick in the MLB draft, but the caveat was you had to get rid of all your friends or not be drafted at all and you can keep your friends, what you doing? Uh. Oh, he wants to say F them friends. I can see it on his face. <laughs> do it, Seth. It's okay. Hey, do it. This is a, hey, this is a safe space. My passion's in baseball. I'm, I'm going to play the game I love. There it is. Blade, what you got? You can make more friends in the minors. Yeah. <laughs> so, Randy, we went Randy, we went about 60 baseball players that went friends, and then that is four straight baseball players that have took the pit. We are finally starting a trend, my friend. Well, we finally got honesty out of these cats. That's all it is. Yeah, these because if you cats put the first round draft pick in front of these cats that have been spending their whole life playing baseball, bro, they picking that every time. I don't care what they say. Yeah, no doubt. Get Randy, we say it all the time. Me and you cut each other out of each other's life, man. We we taking that money, we getting the bag. Man, I I love y'all, but I gotta go. <laughs> All right, fellas. I ain't even gonna hold you, <laughs> Mike. We definitely cutting you out, bro. Mike. I'm gone. I know I'm first one off the list. <laughs> but uh, Seth, we'll start with you, man. Uh, anything you want to plug or promote? Maybe uh, you know, uh, there's any charitable uh causes that you feel the need to, or you know, give us your social media handle so people know how to follow you. Uh, yeah, my uh, my dad does like a thing called Kurt's Kids. Uh, it's for his brother. His brother passed away a couple years ago, and so he, he just doing uh he raises money so we can take uh my cousins on trips and stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. Um, uh, but that, yeah, my 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 old Twitter got hacked. Oh uh, man, yeah. Arkansas! It was an Arkansas person. I know it. Had to have been. I think it was the Russians. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Well, what about your Instagram? I, I know you got that. Yeah, well, I got a new Twitter. It's like Halverson Seth one, and then Instagram is just Seth underscore Halverson, I believe. And and before Blade goes, I mean, just I'll go ahead and plug Tennessee Vols Instagram is fire. The videos, the hype, uh, man, y'all y'all got a top notch uh, crew doing all doing all the videography and whatnot so everybody definitely uh check out and follow tennessee balls baseball on uh twitter and instagram but uh blade what you got uh my instagram is blade tidwell uh no caps or anything no spaces and then my twitter handle is blade tid well there you have it guys this has been seth and blade and uh 
you know, just another amazing episode. We want to thank you guys for coming on, sharing your story. As uh, as Mike and Randy have alluded to, you know, y'all are doing work. Obviously, y'all haven't been able to be a part of it yet, but I think it just, I think it says that much more, doesn't it, Randy? I mean, the fact that they're killing it already and they ain't got these two aces out there, I mean, sky's the limit, right? Absolutely. I think that, uh, you know, Blade hit on it. That it's, I'm sure Seth feels the same way. It's easy watching these guys obliterate but if the season started out like maybe like mississippi states no no offense oh it might be wanting to get out there a little quicker i'm just saying you had to throw them under the bus like that i'm sorry guys i, I i'm i'm acting out <laughs> but anyway fellas we appreciate having you and uh man look forward to uh what y'all do the rest of the season i'll see y'all this weekend in uh houston and uh best of luck as the season goes forward and hopefully it ends in a national championship fellas i appreciate it yeah thank you Thank y'all. All right, that is Seth and Blade. Man, guys, another great episode. Two great stories. I want to thank Blade Tidwell and Seth Halverson for joining us. And if you like their stories or you just want to hear us average shows, talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, your comments, ratings, and feedback is always welcome. We're going to see everybody next week for episode nine, where we're going to be getting into South Carolina baseball. First time ever having a South Carolina baseball player on and we're going to be joined by pitcher Will Sanders. This has been the End Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, great grind all the time. We out.